BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Saludos, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. Brittany Griner, she's free. And now she can get on Grinder. All right, there we go. Having a lot of fun with it. We'll discuss what does it all mean? The merchant of death being swapped for a WNBA player. A lot of people upset, but I say I'm happy to have my American gal back home. There's another dude who's over there in a Russian prison, rotten away, Whelan. His name is Whelan, so we'll talk about him as well. We got to get that fella out. But a good step in the right direction, getting Brittany home. And uh, this is something that had to happen. And, of course, she was wrongfully incarcerated and did not deserve to be in the Kremlin's clutch at all in the first place. Not for nine years and crazy stuff they convicted her. A little of. bit of THC vape weed. Come on now. We'll also it's discuss. Right. It ain't right. We'll discuss Ron DeSantis. What's going on? The man's obviously running for president. I say that because he's having a dinner. And how much do you think it costs to hang out with Ron? Well, it's a buttload. Uh. So we'll discuss what that means going forward. Obviously, Donald Trump on the um, in the uh, shadow now of the midterm outcome. He doesn't mm. seem to be doing quite as well as he once thought he was. Kirsten Cinema, as well, no longer identified as a Democrat. What's her pronoun? <laughs> uh. Independent. <laughs> She's an okay. independent. However, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of headlines. Kirsten Cinema switches parties. There's no independent party. Right. She didn't switch to the Republicans. Right. The Dems right. still have control of the Senate. She's still going to mostly caucus with the Dems. But let's not forget, of course, the reason that she is a senator out of Arizona is because the McCain machine backed her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. John McCain, not known as much of a Democrat. Right. So it sort of makes sense for her political leanings to go more the independent road. But I don't think this really has much effect in a tangible sense when it comes to the control that right. the Dems have in the Senate. Right. Mm. Although technically, Correct. I guess now we're back to 50 50. Mm, no, 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 no. We are still 51 49. You already got two other independent senators who caucus with the Democrats. It's Bernie Sanders from Vermont and Angus King oh. from Maine. So, if anything, Kirsten Sinema is just joining their ranks. And, and let's face it, Bernie Sanders has his troubles with the Democrats as well. So, All not right. unusual. It's just, I think everyone really loves to hate Kirsten Sinema. Mm-hmm. Something about it. And then we're also going to dis- discuss domestic terrorism. These people really don't want drag performers to be able to perform. They're very sensitive <laughs> to the point where evidently they're like destroying power grids mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's possible a right. far right group is responsible for recent attacks on power grids in Portland. Portland officials are looking into it. Also, according to the Buffalo News, there's fear of violence as violence is on the rise when it comes to people protesting outside of drag shows. Leave everyone alone. Stop. Go take care. What are your plans on Friday night? I'm going to go protest. Oh, I'm no. Go protest the drag show. It'll be a pretty big deal. Leave people alone. I know there's not a lot to do in Buffalo, but my Lord, there has to be better options than going and protesting people having a fun time just trying to live their lives. But let's start 
with Brittany Griner. So there's a dude, his name is Paul Whelan. He was not freed in the prisoner swap. The person that was freed, obviously, was the aforementioned Brittany Griner. And the U.S. gave up a dude named Victor Bout, a.k.a. the Merchant of Death, which is a cool-ass name, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a great time for him to go back to Russia uh, for the Americans, because, of course, there is a war going on, and they can probably use his skills. My only problem with the swap is they weren't able to get ex-Marine Paul Whelan out with Brittany Griner because... I think it would have leveled leveled the playing field a little bit in uh, comparison to a WNBA star versus uh, a person who's known as the merchant of death. Mm-hmm. One person seems more dangerous than the other. Right. So perhaps if we could have gotten Whelan and Griner out for this Victor character, I think it may have been better optics for the Biden administration. We have some psychopaths mm. like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Obviously, she's upset because she has another. There's another. There's a new black woman coming to America. <laughs> God damn it. Vladimir took one off our hands and now we got her back. <laughs> so she says uh, this is another reason to impeach Biden. She says the president of the United States traded a Russian terrorist arms dealer, Victor Bout, left a U.S. Marine in Russian jail and brought home a professional basketball player. I don't know why we're demeaning Uh professional basketball players here, but what do you guys think for the Biden administration when it comes to people being a little bit upset with the prisoner swap? It reminds me a little bit of what happened with the Obama administration, of course, Mm -hmm. when they swapped the five um, accused terrorists for Mm -hmm. uh, for Bergdahl, this guy who deserted his post. Mm -hmm. And many countries would have just let him go and stay in the country that he was detained in and die. Because, of course, when he came back to the United States, we just incarcerated him. (laughs) So when it comes to the Obama and now the Biden administration, what do you guys think they got wrong? What do you think they got right with these prisoner swaps? Well, that would be quite something if they get Brittany Griner back here and they're like, all right, now you got to go to jail for weed possession. <laughs> that would be like, what's the difference? Drug laws in Russia, drug laws in America? I don't know. But yeah, in terms of the MTGs of the world and the Fox News, they were always going to throw Biden under the bus for whatever they accomplished with this deal. Yeah. Um, again, you know, thankfully, we've been covering this since it started uh, the very week that she got put into uh, the Russian prison, the week she was detained at the, the Moscow airport and i'm very proud of us for Mm -hmm. doing that and just spreading the word but in terms of even then we knew i mean this was after uh putin had started his illegal invasion of ukraine and we always kind of knew that he was probably just going to use poor Ms. griner as a bargaining chip and you got to argue in that case perhaps this worked out in putin's favor but in biden's case i think there's only so much you can do when it comes to prisoner swaps so Mm -hmm. take the v take the victory take the w while you can and let's move on and try to get mr paul w back whenever we can as well and of course when it comes to the w that's a big win for basketball in the wnba because britney griner Mm -hmm. is a hell of a basketball star and of course the yellow bastard himself also had to weigh in on (laughs) truth social mr president former president uh what did you think about this prisoner swap what kind of a deal is it to swap britney griner a basketball player who openly hates our country (laughs) for the man known as the merchant of death who's one of the biggest arms dealers anywhere in the world so good. He's so good at dealing arms. <laughs> yes. And he's responsible for tens of thousands of deaths and horrific injuries. Why wasn't former Marine Paul Whelan included in this totally one-sided transaction? He would have been let out for just for asking what a stupid and unpatriotic embarrassment for the USA. I would have done a better job. Yeah, thank you. Art of the deal. Truly the art of the deal, obviously not really a one-sided trade and being that there's two uh, people there that were traded. So anyway, uh, you know. What what really bothers me about all this is the the Republicans could have focused on the fact that there's marijuana laws in this country holding forty thousand people in jail. Sure. They had all they had so much other fodder to work with, but because of how crazy their brains work, they are just focusing on this whole Brittany Griner versus a terrorist. Thing. Yeah, and I have to say it has not been a shining moment for race relations in this country. As again, a lot of people are just openly saying, why did we care about her? She broke the law. Mm -hmm. She broke the law in Russia. It's like laws aren't uh, morality. 
Mm. And obviously, she did not need to be incarcerated for 10 months. Also, when it comes to Victor Bout, the merchant of death, uh, he's been incarcerated for about 10 years. Mm. Uh, the man, mm. I don't know what, 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 I don't care. Right. Am I, do I think the world's more dangerous now with him out of jail? No, because there's a lot of arms dealers. Most of them are sponsors of CNN. Mm-hmm. It's called Raytheon. <laughs> Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Exactly. So the idea that like somehow he's now going to go cause immense unrest in the world. How How is he going to mess it up more? According right. To s- oh, we, we have a statement coming in from Raytheon. Uh, they're very upset about Victor Bout being out in the world again because now they have more competition. So <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. Senator Bob Menendez. He's a Democrat out of New Jersey, a dude who has more scandals than most people could ever even imagine. Mm, uh, he, booga booga parties. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He also ripped Biden's decision to trade bout for Griner, writing in a statement, writing in a statement. We cannot ignore that releasing bout back into the world is a deeply disturbing decision. This was not a choice about which American to bring home. That's what Biden said in a press conference. So Biden says uh, this was not a choice about which American to bring home. For totally illegitimate reasons, Russia is treating Paul's case differently than Britney's. We will keep mm. negotiating in good faith for Paul's mm. release. So the uh, other thing, Paul's family, look how gracious they are. They on um, they're coming out saying they're very proud that Brittany Griner is home. They're you know they're so happy mm-hmm. for the family. These Republicans can't even be happy that we got an American home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And you're right, because Paul Whalen's sister, she was on the, the TV networks yesterday in light of the Brittany Griner story. And what network did she choose to go on? MSNBC, because she wanted to have nothing to do with them. Fox folks. Yeah. So anyway, good news. Brittany Griner, she's coming home and uh, it is what it is. It's like all deals. There's going to be some upsides and some downsides. But when it comes to Victor Bout, you're only a merchant of death. You're only as good of an arms dealer as you are, how many arms you have. And I don't really think he's going to be going back and selling and proliferating a bunch of weapons Mm. anytime soon. And it's not as if people aren't doing that right now. Ukraine, of course, being a Petri dish for new military toys Mm -hmm. that the Chinese, the Russians, and then, of course, the Americans have to show off for the world so he served 10 years the positives outweigh the negatives and we're happy that an american citizen is back as they were wrongfully incarcerated in russia it's disgusting how many people were like she broke russian law and that's more important than um, the american (sighs) constitution and it simply isn't and fuck russia and fuck vladimir putin Evidently, he fell down and shat himself recently. I don't know if that's true, but I want it to be. So we'll just I say it, it and make it. Yeah. Make it true. Vladimir pooping. There he is. <laughs> well, speaking of politics and the Democrats, this is kind of an interesting story, not getting too much coverage, but I do think it matters. South Carolina is now going to be the first primary state in 2024. Uh, Democrats obviously have relied on Iowa as the first in the nation uh, state to vote, uh, obviously in the primary process. Democrats have stripped that away from Iowa and given it to South Carolina. Of course, South Carolina, the makeup is a little bit more indicative of the Democratic Party as a whole. And obviously, they also gave the nomination to Biden, which was Mm -hmm. huge Mm -hmm. when he won South Carolina. It basically uh, didn't quite guarantee his victory, but it was a massive, massive step for the Biden campaign. So what do you guys think this means? For Iowa, for the um, Democratic caucusing and the uh, primary process in 2024. My understanding is that this was done so that there was a more the underrepresented, uh, as we like to say uh, in this country, minorities are will be more represented because in these states they make up a bigger percentages. Yeah. And so it'll. Mm-hmm. And some of the criticism, of course, is you start to have a primary that gets a little bit further away from the first primary. Some say it doesn't really matter any longer because. Everything is already written in the tea leaves and it almost makes your vote not as consequential, which, of course, is why you want to be like the first to do it Mm. so you can sort of send a message. Now, Iowa, I have to say, has not really been Mm. a predictor for quite a while. Uh, Some of the people that have come out of Iowa and won haven't ended up winning the nomination. So do you think that has something to do with it, Travis, where they're just not 
it, it's just not uh, predictive anymore. Right. Uh, I mean, we are going to start missing out on great moments like uh, every single politician you hate or love shoving a giant corn dog into their oh, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa, State, <laughs> Iowa State Fair. Those are always fun moments and good visuals. But uh, alas, perhaps no more. We also, of course, uh, as we know, Ben, from our one of our favorite documentaries, Caucus. Great documentary. Uh, you're right. W- whether it was Republican or Democrat, they were giving it away to candidates who didn't always win. I think it was Rick Santorum uh, mm-hmm. won one of the years. Uh, Ted Cruz won it in 2016. So you're right. It's not very much an indicator whether you're on the Republican side or the Democrat side. In this case, the Democrats definitely wanted to move away from Iowa. Iowa just drew out its last Democratic congressional district. So uh, in terms of Democrat Party staying power in the state of Iowa, it is virtually zilch at this point. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they wanted to move to a new structure. And South Carolina, there may be a little bit of bias on Biden's part. This mm-hmm. this was a request from Biden to the DNC mm-hmm. to allow South Carolina to start to go first. And of course, like you mentioned, 2020, South Carolina gave Joe Biden his big comeback. Mm-hmm. It wasn't rigged whatsoever. <laughs> um, but it is interesting because... As Fernando pointed out, they also wanted uh, African-American voters in South Carolina to have more of a say right at the beginning. I mean, this now means that all your candidates, instead of going to Iowa State Fair, they're going to be headed to South Carolina. And that's probably Mm -hmm. good for Democrats to start courting um, what is, you know, arguably their base, you know, minority voters who are the ones who show up and vote for Democratic candidates. So I think this is a good move. Now, it's not final yet. It does need to be improved still by the DNC and the individual states. And obviously Iowa and even New Hampshire, um, they actually have uh, laws in their states saying that they have to be first. So Mm -hmm. the DNC is going to have to have to find a way to get around some state laws. But, you know, all the lawyers will handle that in the long run. Yeah, that'll be an extremely boring conversation, but also (laughs) a significant conversation. Big win for uh, Clyburn as well. A man who promised Biden South Mm -hmm. Carolina, got him South Carolina, and now, of course, has um, put South Carolina in a much more significant position when it comes to the upcoming primaries. As Travis said, obviously, Iowa is not happy. Scott Brennan uh, of Iowa and Joanne Dowdell of New Hampshire uh, both opposed the change. Uh, Brendan says small rural states like Iowa must have a voice in our presidential nomination process. Of course, they still will have a voice. Uh, they will be able to vote in a primary to see who they decide to be the next president of the United States. He goes on to say Democrats cannot forget about the entire groups of voters in the heart of the Midwest without doing significant damage to the party for a generation. As we saw with the blue wall, That was, uh, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan. Mm -hmm. It got eroded in 2016, reestablished a bit in 2020. What's interesting here in South Carolina, you wonder if they're going to then um, maybe prop up some politicians who weren't given the time of day when it was just Mm -hmm. Iowa. You know, specifically when it comes to, uh, you know, perhaps a black politician, whatever it might be, Uh, maybe South Carolina has a different idea of where they want the Democratic Party to go. And. When it comes to momentum, you know, winning the first primary state, it does give you momentum. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not indicative of who's going to win the nomination as a whole, but it'll be interesting to see what South Carolina decides to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just say, again, South Carolina, you're giving your African-American voters more say. And then I believe the new proposed schedules after South Carolina, it will still go to New Hampshire, where you have your more New England white Mm-hmm. voter base, but it also goes to Nevada, where you have Hispanic voters who are also building, and the Democrats really want to keep making sure the Hispanic voters are coming in and getting organized. Um, and then after that, I believe they're going to Georgia, which will be kind of like another southern state uh, indication. Obviously, Georgia going more and more blue, as we saw with Reverend Warnock mm-hmm. and John Ossoff both getting elected to the Senate there. And then, of course, um, and then it goes up to Michigan. And so that's going to be kind of the Democrats' new arbiter of your Midwest states is Michigan, which arguably has been a Democratic stronghold, especially after this most recent midterm election. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll see. It's kind of clerical. It does matter. And it will be an interesting uh, juxtaposition uh, going forward for 2024 to see how it plays out. When it comes to the next big uh, national election, which I'm sorry to say to every single person who's currently exhausted, it's right around the corner. It's so, so oh, close. No. Oh, <laughs> I know, yeah. right? 
2022 is over. (laughs) By June of 2023, we are going to be basically in the, we're going to be in a heated presidential election. Uh, Of course, who will be running is a question, not so much on the Democratic side. I think Mm. at this point, Biden has said that he is running. And as the date gets closer and closer and closer, I think that he will be barring some massive heart attack. Slip and fall and crap. Uh, who knows? The dude's old as, as all get out. So anything can happen. Right. But if it is as, is, as, as it, it is, is today, today. Yeah. I believe that he will end up running. But now, of course, the Republican Party with Trump announcing and many other Republicans sniffing around to see if they would also mm-hmm. like to run. It's going to be a bit more wide open. Will they make the same mistake they did in 2015 when they had so many goddamn candidates that they had to have two debate stages? <laughs> right. The B, the B team debate, right. which was Lindsey Graham and Mike Huckabee. <laughs> now even this psychopath John Bolton uh, has said that he wants uh, to potentially run for president. <laughs> I mean, right. come on. John Bolton, a man who... Says, well, I think I know what a coup as a person who's participated in a few coup d'etats. I think I know what yeah. a coup is. Yeah, John Bolton's uh, uh, motivation to say that he might run was that whole thing about Trump saying that he sh- wants to terminate the Constitution. And John Bolton's like, whoa, 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 you shred the Constitution. I got a, I got a bone to pick. I was kind of like uh, actually excited when I saw that he announced that he's considering it. I was like, just just what go ahead and throw mean? your hat in. Just go ahead, buddy. He's going to end up incarcerated like Avenatti. I, I, <laughs> whatever. Yes. What what on earth? John Bolton, what on earth has he ever done to make the American people think that he could be president of the United States? <laughs> he's installed uh, leaders in other countries. So maybe yes. he can install a leader here. Ben. Maybe he could install himself <laughs> because that'll be great for all the people who think our elections are totally flawed. And obviously we can always work on voter security. Uh, but when we have an actual CIA <laughs> operative <laughs> operative running for president. <laughs> That'll be guaranteed election security when we have a a man who knows a thing or two about coup (laughs) d'etats. Move over, uh, Evan. Uh, oh, never mind. I forget that oh, guy. Oh, Evan Who's McMillan. The Utah guy Evan McMillan. McMillan. They're oh all gosh. such schmucks. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. So anyway, one of the people that actually have a chance against the Donald is Ronald DeSantis. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, off of his big win, He's going to be having a party. Ooh. He's throwing a Ooh. party. At the Olive Garden? I don't know. <laughs> we have a small Olive Garden story we can get to here in a second. One of the managers was real mean. But then to Olive Garden's credit, they did fire his ass. Uh, hey. So there you go. So thank you, Olive Garden. Mm. Although Olive Garden has said they're going to get rid of the unlimited breadsticks. People are abusing it. Oh, no. Just can you imagine that? You offer oh, unlimited no. breadsticks and people abuse it in America? No way. <laughs> really? Unlimited no carbohydrates no and death and people are going to have too much of it? <laughs> well, speaking of breadsticks, I'm sure there are going to be some at this dinner. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he has an inauguration celebration. It's expected to spread out over two days. I remember when uh, Bill Clinton won in 92 and he went out and he danced. And he played the saxophone and everyone's like, he should already be working as president. But it's like, well, that's not even how it works. He's got to wait a little while, you know, until the next year. Right. So this is going to be a two day long fuck fest. Uh, The STDs. Wow. This is going to be a great day for those. I would rather Mm. I think there's classier people at the Juggalo convention than there will be here. But why does this matter? Why are we talking about it? 
it's because the price to enter. So I want to go. How much am I going to have to pay then? It's more than the freaking Met Gala. It is between 50 grand and 1 million. Yes, million with an M dollars. I would assume the more you pay, the closer you get to Ron. (laughs) Yum. So what's the point? Five donors who gave a million dollars to the Republican Party of Florida will be recognized as inaugural chairs. Oh, so, you know, it's not merit based whatsoever. You literally just buy this stuff. And this is why people hate politics so much. Because these people are gonna they're gonna go and they're gonna pretend like they're special mm-hmm. and like they did something and it's like no you just spent some of your trust fund money uh, on a party so you could taste a little bit of power. <laughs> mm. Sponsors who will receive tickets to a candlelight dinner mm. the night before the inauguration, VIP seating at the inauguration, wow. <laughs> and they will also be given tickets to the inaugural ball and quote toast. To one million mamas. Oh. I don't know what, what the does hell. that even mean. I don't it's know, a campaign bro. group by Casey DeSantis. There you go. <laughs> so it's a campaign group. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus what's sig- Lord. What's significant here is it does show you the amount of power that DeSantis currently has. Wow. His fandom is powerful enough to have people pay a million freaking dollars per ticket. Mm. And it does show you um, that uh, Donald needs to be very um, apprehensive mm-hmm. about how confident he is going into 2024 when his neighbor there in Florida seems to really want the seat that he formerly filled with his big fat ass. The interesting thing about this dinner is the candlelight part. Yeah, it's very intimate. It's <laughs> yeah, very intimate. $50,000, you get to have the candlelight dinner. $1 million, you get to have sex with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that I want to see these people near candlelight. Uh, I'll also, blow it for, yeah. for 50 to a million bucks, can I get some fucking electricity in this place? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Trump would never have a candlelight dinner because if he farts, the whole place blows up. So there you go. Other packages range in size from 500000 all the way down to the lowest price ticket, which is 25000 thousand if you're broke. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say twenty-five dollars, but nope. no. No. <laughs> twenty-five thousand. Because he's a man of the people. Oh, oh right, right, right. Yes. So his next term, DeSantis, that is, it starts January third. The inauguration will give DeSantis an opportunity to demonstrate his fundraising prowess, which as we know mm. is way, way, way too important because it simply is when it comes to running for president. I so I have a question about the the it's in the weeds. So mm. he is is he raising money now because once he announces if he's gonna announce that he's gonna be a Republican candidate for president, his fundraising limits change? Is that well, he like- can uh, with the super well Travis knows more about this, but my understanding is obviously super PACs can raise as much as they want and then right. whatever he raises for his gubernatorial run which all of this will be going towards his election. This will all be in his election coffers. He can then use that money as almost a shell game to when he runs for president, right? Right, yeah. In terms of federal campaign laws and state campaign laws, everything's kind of different. But for the most part, even what we learned from Elizabeth Warren, when she had leftover money, she could take her leftover money from her presidential campaign, transfer it back to her senatorial campaign. And there's a lot of just wiggle room for all these candidates to do that. So I think the first thing that... DeSantis is trying to show here, uh, to Ben's point, the fundraising prowess. How many people can he get to show up and play these ridiculous numbers to have candlelight dinner and sex with his wife or whatever? (laughs) And then then the next one would be, yes, then he can take that chunk. And when he finally announces within probably, I'd imagine, the first six months of 2023, because you got to think, especially on the Republican side, we're going to probably have all 17 of our candidates announced by next summer. So Ron DeSantis, if he's already coming in with that momentum now he can also come in with some funding wiggle around a couple of coffers and bada bing bada boom your million dollars you get ron DeSantis to have some sexy candlelight time is now going into his presidential run in 2024 and when ron DeSantis does announce that he is running for president which i think we all believe he will uh that will change for the Republican Party in Florida. So right now, this gives um, the Florida Republican Party an ability to get a little bit of cash. Uh, Florida does not limit how much money can be given to the state party 
or mm-hmm. state political committee, and nor mm. does it bar donate, nor does it bar donations from corporations, which is another big mm-hmm. aspect of all of this. You know for a fact it's going to be a lot of people representing not Disney, perhaps, but Exxon <laughs> and everybody else. I was thinking, will Disney be there or not? Hmm. I think Disney is a I don't know what the hell is going on with Disney. I live vicariously through Henry and uh, and Natalie. Um of last podcast, of course, you all know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, Disney sucks now, and you have mm-hmm. to like pre-sign up, and everything seems to be going downhill for Disney. And I don't mm. know. I never went to one of their things because you know I don't have a child, and I'm not a pedophile, <laughs> um, so I don't really have a reason to be there. Um, but anyway, when it comes to Ron DeSantis, uh, a re- a recent Yahoo YouGov uh, poll released this past Thursday found that 47 percent of registered Republicans or Republican-leaning independents say they would vote for DeSantis, and 42% said the same for Donald Trump. But again, whoever is on the top of the ticket, they will, as they always do, this is one strong suit that the Republicans have as loyalty. They will hold their nose and vote for Donald again, I do believe, if he is on the top of the ticket. However, Joe already beat him once. And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't beat him again, because, again, as we talked about in the last episode, I don't think Trump's really built his coalition out anymore. Right. As a matter of fact, mm. now he just seems to get weirder and weirder and weirder bedfellows like Nick Fuentes mm. and Kanye West. Let's move mm. on a little bit to yay. This was a Rolling Stone article. So Kanye went on this dude, Gavin McGinnis's show. For those that don't know Gavin McGinnis, mm-hmm. he's the co-founder of Vice. That's why Vice started like hipster racism, where they're like, mm-hmm. we're not racist. <laughs> right. We're ironic. And then the irony went away, and then it just became <laughs> yeah, what it is, racist. right? Um, anything that Gavin McGinnis touches turns to shit. Um, and this is the interview that he had with Ye. I, I can't even believe where we're at. I've met Gavin many times, of course, uh, working at Fox News. The man's a total train wreck. Um, I'll never forget he came in one day covered in freaking blood because <laughs> oh, he got right. drunk and that's a, crashed that's his bike. That's a wild and, story. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, was, he was late to the show, so I had to fill in for him. And then, uh, then he showed up, and the hairstylists were pretty pissed because they had a bunch of blood in his hair that they had to comb out. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, the producer still put him on camera. Uh, oh, visibly okay. hammered. <laughs> I don't know. Again, train wrecks. People like to watch them, and there's nothing more train wrecked than television news. So, uh, this is what Gavin said. This is what he asked EA. He says, So, you're president of the United States. It's day one, uh-huh. and someone walks in and they go, So, what are we going to do about these Jews? What do you say? Okay. That's a that's Great a question, question. to right. a potential presidential <laughs> candidate. And then Kanye says, Jews should work for the Christians. I'll hire a Jewish person in a second if if I knew that they weren't a spy oh and I God. could look oh through my. their phone. <laughs> because oh that, no. that's what a spy would do. Oh yay. Oh he says, no. Jewish people can't tell me who I can love and who I can't love. You can't say. You can't force your pain on everyone else. Jewish people, forgive Hitler today. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just so bad shit. I, now that now that's a campaign slogan right there. Forgive yes. Hitler today. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that fits on a bumper sticker, but I'm sure someone will figure it out. Well, we you have to laugh or you're going to go crazy. But of course, hate crimes <laughs> when it comes to Jewish people are up, and this rhetoric is just it's it's horrible. We all know that. Um, when asked who his running mate would be, he says maybe Candace Owens. But then he says uh, that he has a problem with Ben Shapiro, who, quote, currently is in control of Candace Owens' voice. Oh. So I guess he's all mad at Ben Shapiro, (laughs) one of the worst voices in podcasting. But um, so Candace might be too close. She might be too close to the fire. And can he even (laughs) trust her then? It's so freaking stupid. I feel like mm. Candace Owens is playing some sort of long game that we're not seeing. I don't I, think I, I think you're giving them don't I, give them any credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to even play devil's advocate. I just part of me and there's a there's an, a tiny iota of me that's like maybe there's a reason they're all acting like morons. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if the long game's just stealing a bunch of white people's money then uh, yeah, I guess I, you know. I guess, you know. 
She Candace, did. She's doing it. I mean, I didn't realize one of our friends went to school with her and I didn't realize she got political after the NAACP, according to her, stole some of her money in a lawsuit. Candace oh Owens sued her high school for racial discrimination. And then the NAACP um, took her case and then she won the case. And they took the money. And then they took some of the money because oh. that's how they get paid. Right. And then she got really pissed off and then she became far right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's the Candace (laughs) Owens origin story. (laughs) That's a villain origin story. Isn't that weird? Anyway. Woof. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. So between Ye and DeSantis, we'll see what this primary looks like. Um, well, speaking of uh, people, I guess just briefly here when it comes to Kirsten Cinema, Independent, um, yes, Travis, you did say that this is not going to have a huge impact for the Democrats. So you don't think people should be kind of panicking at all? You think this is all right? I think the people who already didn't like Kirsten Cinema are going to just keep on not liking her. I mean, this doesn't it doesn't take her out of the Democratic caucus. This is very crucial to the Democrats' slim majority. Now, if it was still 50-50, let's say she did jump parties and became a Republican, then the Senate goes back to 50-50 mm-hmm. with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker. But what that means is that you got to split all the, the Senate committees. Uh, evenly in terms of members from each party, Republican and Democrat, because she's still caucusing with the Democrats. They Mm -hmm. now still have that 51 seat majority, which means they now get to have the majority of seats on all the Senate committees and they don't need to split them. So um, I what I honestly wonder about is how this is going to impact her reelection campaign in Arizona 2024. Because she's one of those, um, you know, again, I guess, quote unquote, Democrats or Democrat caucusers who's going to be in a tough reelection campaign in states like Arizona that have obviously red tendencies. Yeah. Obviously, Mark Mark Kelly got through this last midterm. But my question is, do the Democrats run someone against her? Do the Republicans run someone against her? Does she is Are we going to have a three-way race in, in an Arizona Senate race? I don't know. So that's where I'm yeah. just like, I wonder what her strategy here is, because if she's going to ditch the Democrats, does that mean they try to get someone else in there? Well, I, I'm assuming, just given how much money is on the line and power that they've gone through the polling data. And obviously, as Travis said, it being more of a red state uh, that has some blue uh, tendencies. I wonder if she was just like, screw it. Being a Democrat isn't particularly helping anyway. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for the state, maybe an independent uh, candidacy can do well. Obviously, again, the state that gave us the maverick, John McCain, and now the McCain political machine being behind Kirsten Sinema. It's powerful. And uh, perhaps she just said, I don't really need the DNC and the Democratic brand Mm. in order to win an election in Arizona. So I'm sure they thought about it. I don't know what will play out, but that would be my thinking. My opinion is that cinema has always kind of been a thorn in the DNC side with, you know, kind of like her movements. And it's always been about uh, trying to appease her and make sure because we needed her. But if she's not happy, then nothing gets done. So. it's it's predictable to me it's predictable and it's in 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 line with her character to do this and to say i'm independent now i mean Mm -hmm. she hasn't gone full tulsi gabbard tulsi who i actually i i had respect for and i still whatever as a human being whatever but uh politically i i don't know why she's gone so far to the right just because i understand she didn't agree with a lot of the democratic policies or things like that but then now she's gone full tucker Hmm. Which there's other options. Yeah. You don't just have to, the pendulum doesn't have to swing all the way to <laughs> right. Psycho Town. So I wonder if Kirsten right. will end up 
go in that path, but that's Tulsi also. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what happened with her. Neither do I. She was kind of a darling of the Democrats when she first got elected in 2009. I mean, she's a woman of color. She's a, a, a an army veteran. Yeah. Um, yeah, that she was really loved in Hawaii. And the tragedy is, is that she gave up her, her vice chair of the DNC. She left that post to endorse Bernie Sanders in 2016. So how did she go from... Being that to, like you said, on Tucker Carlson's show, yeah. what, twice, three times a week? I'm not quite sure. But I will say, Kirsten Cinema is going to be interesting, but don't forget, Joe Manchin's also up for re-election this year, too. And he's a guy who could very well, he's kind of said that he wants to go back to being governor of West Virginia, mm. which was something he had before he took the Senate seat. So you got to wonder, again, when it comes to Cinema and Manchin... They were getting kicked around by some Democrats. They were kind of useful to a lot of big business interests. And it is just like, what's the strategy? Maybe Manchin goes independent, too. I don't know. We'll yeah. have to see. I wish the Democrats would get rid of that one gal from New York. I do not like her. What was her name again? The gal who purple Gillibrand. Gillibrand. Kirsten Gillibrand. Oh, all these. Kirsten Gillibrand. All these Kirstens. The one, all these Kirstens. <laughs> it's not like Kirstens and Kirstens and just, American you know, and then girl Republic. Dolls. Republican side is all Karens. So there you, yeah, go. there you go. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with that. That's a little bit of inside the weeds in American politics. Let's move on. Just lastly here, two Portland uh, substations were deliberately targeted last month. And now officials are saying this could have come from a far right group. The FBI are uh, probing in to grid attacks and they were, tar- they were triggered by opponents of a drag show. Oh, mm. The two attacks, who cares? The two attacks on Portland's electrical substations were premeditated. That's according to officials who are now on high alert after Washington and North Carolina were also targeted. Uh, Officials in Oregon are are probing the Thanksgiving electrical attacks at the Portland General Electric and Bonneville Power Administration in Clackamas County. (laughs) In total, there have been seven recorded attacks in recent weeks. And it seems like um, these are caused by far-right groups who are attempting to interfere in the private lives of adults. According to Doug Johnson, a BPA spokesperson, we have confirmed that it was malicious intent. It was no accident. Um, About 106 attacks on electrical grids in the U.S. have been reported from January to August of this year. Wow. Mm. And uh, there have been close to 600 since 2014. This is just getting way out of hand. Again, going back to uh, the story I mentioned earlier in Buffalo, um, there was a performance. It started in Buffalo, and then there was just a bunch of protesters outside saying, we don't like drag shows. Well, then don't go into it. It's fine. And now, of course, as we saw with Club Q, many drag queens are carrying around arms. They have armed security. This is why no matter what, gun sales only go through the roof. Right. In uh, San Lorenzo, California, a group of men with the far right group Proud Boys entered a public library to stop a drag performer reading to children outside a drag bunch in uh, drag brunch in August in Roanoke. Protesters confronted heavily armed counter protesters who all carried AR-15 style rifles. Um. Now, this is kind of funny, though. They wore a these are the uh, the counter protesters. They had the ARs and wore rainbow colors. Those are those, that's what everyone's armed. <laughs> right. So that's, that's <laughs> the gay crazy. group is armed. everyone's armed. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So early on uh, in Halloween, on Halloween, a man bombed a donut shop in Tulsa. We talked about that. The cocktail, right? The Molotov. Yes, the Molotov yeah. cocktail. And obviously, again, we saw what happened at Club Q. The grandfather of the man uh, who shot up Club Q, of course, a QAnon psychopath and someone who had political power. And uh, this stuff is really, really gross. Tony Perkins, this guy's a total piece of shit. He's of the Conservative Research Council. He railed against drag reading in a Montana zoo this summer, telling his radio audience, it's about targeting children, about grooming our children. Um, But of course, I think the ultimate groomers at all zoos are the gorillas who publicly masturbate. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the orangutans who were like picking bugs off of each any other. Any of the no, primates. That's, that's any of the nice. primates, guys. They're all total, nice. total freedom. <laughs> Those primates are priming our kids, folks. I've seen the I've seen the monkey poxy mints. <laughs> yeah. I think the most important point that 
was the point you made uh, in the episode earlier this week, Ben, where the performances happening, the drag time reading stories are not adult performances that happen at night at a bar. These are right, two separate right. instances. And so it's it's this denial, this mental acrobats that a lot of these people have that, oh, they're dancing in laundry in front of the kids at 9 a.m. You know, yeah. no, right. they're not. It's ridiculous. Right, right. Well, it's also just ridiculous that they're against drag in the first place, whether it's an adult show or a kid's show. As Ben also pointed out in the last show, the real people who are targeting kids for for sexual purposes are the priests and the churches <laughs> and the Boy Scout and camping. The, I mean, all yeah. of this stuff is, I mean, it's so clear. Plus, don't forget, you had a bunch of Republican politicians, Dennis Hastert, former mm-hmm. Speaker of the House, uh, Mark Foley, representative from Florida, who's in charge of the PAGE program. These were the men who were targeting kids as they came into right. the halls of government on knowing what they were getting themselves into. So I just don't get it with these proud boys. I don't know why they're doing it. Also, like we highlighted on the last show, Moore County, North Carolina, same deal. Uh, 40,000 people lost their power because of a, uh, an armed attack on a power grid that was, again, seems to be in retaliation for a drag show happening in the county. And while mm-hmm. they haven't linked it to the direct perpetrators, there's a $75,000 a reward for any information leading to the arrest of the people who did it. It's just ridiculous that they feel the need to shut down drag so much that it means shutting down the power for tens of thousands of people have nothing to do with it in the winter, not just any time. You can literally kill these people from hypothermia. Breathing machines, whatever. I just, I just leave the power alone, please. God, they're acting like, they're acting like Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you you gotta think. I mean, domestic terrorism at, at this point. It is domestic directly, terrorism. They're directly attacking their own country, and um, they're doing it for incredibly stupid reasons. It's almost like January sixth, but if it was all for a drag show, it is ridiculous. I know. I only take um, clothing advice from the Q shaman. And uh, that's how people are supposed to be. Uh, It's also ironic uh, when it comes to drag, there was a constituency within the Trump wing of the Republican Party that was like, we're crazy. We're out. We're loud. We're Milo. When we went to go uh, to Politicon, uh, Travis and I, there was a bunch of drag queens there. Remember the drag queens for Trump? Oh, that's right. Drag queens. And none of them were Rudy Giuliani on usually enough. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So anyway, this is just absolutely insane. According to Johnson, they say we've actually increased security around substations in the area just as a precaution to ratchet that up from what we typically do. So people are triggered and they're very sensitive and God forbid adults have fun. And Buffalo is a great place full of awesome people. And uh, it's just sad that they're, you know, now they're being known for this. And of course, that horrific racially motivated shooting mm-hmm. uh, as well. So there's just some bad, there's bad apples uh, out there. And uh, mm-hmm. cutting off the power grid is never the answer. Just leave people the F alone. Um, all right. And just lastly, lastly, we talked a little bit about the first Gen Z congressman. And, you know, he's a Gen Z congressman because uh, he can't get an apartment because he's got really bad credit. Uh, he can't get an wow. apartment in Washington. Maxwell Alejandro Frost. He's a community organizer. He was set to take he's set to take the seat of Val Demings. And he was like, hey, uh, I'm in Congress now. I need to get a I need to get a rent. I need to rent in D.C. And they said, no, no way, buddy. He's got bad credit, <laughs> uh, um, which is grief. that's the most. Gen- yeah, <laughs> that's America. Right. Welcome there. to my world. <laughs> Right, Good right. Lord. Well, maybe you can stay with uh, Ma- Madison Cawthorn. Maybe Madison Cawthorn would let him stay for free on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Madison Cawthorn also, he owes $15,000 for the Let's Go Brandon crypto mm-hmm. or the coin or whatever. So he's got to pay that. Also, AOC, as we mentioned, is under investigation for the House from the House uh, um, Ethical Committee. I don't know what it's about. We have no idea. So we'll follow up and see if that goes anywhere. I, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. When AOC first took Congress, she couldn't afford an apartment in Washington either. She couldn't exactly. afford two apartments. Exactly. It's just like, give them yeah. four years and then they start racking up that sweet, sweet money. Get some, get some stock trading tips from Pelosi before she leaves. That's what oh. that Max Frost guy <laughs> should do. I mean, the money just doesn't really add up when you leave office with 20 million bucks after right. you've been there for 10 years and you only get paid $200,000 a year. And then you're like, wait, how did that be? Um, but anyway... So we'll let you know what's going on. Maybe it has some, some something to do with the Met 
Gala because that was thirty grand to get into. And mm. uh, I don't know who the hell paid that yeah, for. Yeah, who paid the... She don't have $35,000 to just pay for a ticket. Maybe she does, yeah, but she does where'd now. she get that money from? Oh, where'd she get the dress from? It said, eat the rich. Mm. <laughs> now that could be a scandal. I think it's a tax the rich, um, but nonetheless. Um, oh, you know, sh- eat them, tax them. It's all the same now. That's how I <laughs> yeah, they're eating people. They're eating the rich. Fucks. <laughs> Fucks. They're eating the rich. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll keep you updated on everything. We've got a couple of more shows before the break. And do we have anything else? Uh, Travis, you got anything to plug? Absolutely. If you're in Ohio this holiday season, come see Killer Raccoons too. We've got uh, a live screening in Cincinnati on Tuesday the 13th at 7 p.m. at the Esquire Theater. And then, of course, the next two Fridays, we've got two more shows at Studio 35 right here in Columbus, Ohio at 11 p.m. Come and see the LPN gang in the dumbest raccoon Christmas movie you'll ever see. I can't (laughs) promise you that. All right. Well, there you go. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.